Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode number 91 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couch Town Coffee. Couch Town Coffee is located in Iowa. Every order is made specifically for the customer that orders it, and that means the freshest coffee shipped directly to your door. It doesn't get much better than that. So go to www.couchtowncoffee.com. Find a coffee you like and make an order. If you make an order this week, Couchtown Coffee will give you 20% off by just entering the code word. The code word this week is SURF. Surf is this week's code word. The code word will save you 20%. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee loves local music. That's why. Thanks, Couchtown. The code word this week is surf, not only because Couchtown is awesome, but also because I'm sitting down with Trevor Triber from the Surf Zombies. He plays bass in the Surf Zombies. He's also a guitarist as well. Um, he's been making a lot of videos online, uh, just homemade music videos and things of that nature. So it's been pretty cool to watch him do all that stuff online. And uh, hey, I'm just here having a conversation with him. We hit it off over a, a whole bunch of different topics. We talk about you know what got him started and uh, playing in the blenders as well as... Uh, you know, just all sorts of cool stuff. He gets to play in the Surf Zombies, which is pretty rad, if you ask me. So uh, if you haven't heard of uh, the Surf Zombies, it's definitely worth a worth a look. So hey, I hope you guys enjoy this episode. I had an amazing time sitting down talking with Trevor. And this is episode number 91 with Trevor Triber. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. All right, today I am sitting down with none other than Trevor Triber. Nailed it. Got it. The last name is Triber for anybody wondering. (laughs) But uh, I actually first came to find your stuff on on Facebook. Uh, I befriended you somehow or another. Maybe somebody had shared it, but there was a video you had made um, that you had shared, and it was something to the effect of how you're not going to play in punk rock shows anymore and i gotta tell you i laughed and laughed and laughed and laughed at this video because it it was like such a perfectly done acoustic song and it fit kind of a lot of people's frustrations about playing at indie shows and things like that and uh i mean i thought it was ingenious i hope nobody took offense to the video because it's it was absolutely hilarious the song that you wrote for it but uh what like where did you even get started playing guitar let me ask you that we got to start somewhere uh, okay. So I, you know, I'm like a nineties kid, like late nineties, early two thousands. So I was kind of like into all the pop punk stuff that came out in the, the late nineties, early two thousands. So like blink One Eighty Two and green day and some 41 and stuff like that. That was the first stuff that I heard that I was like, I, I can like relate to this and I feel like I could do this maybe like, yeah. you know, before that I had just, I had heard a lot of stuff like, you know, grew up with like the Beatles and and some like hair metal Van Halen stuff. And I was just like, yeah, that's, that's another world. But when I heard the pop punk stuff, I was like, yeah, this, this is, this actually seems like it's speaking to me. I was like at the perfect age, you know, like 13, 14. And so, um, I asked for a guitar, uh, for my birthday and I got one for my 14th birthday. 
Okay, just like a starter Fender kit, you know, with a little amp. Yeah. And um, and uh, yeah, I just I sucked and sucked and sucked for a really really long time. And uh, you know, I took a little bit of lessons, like just like a couple months of lessons, but you know, at the age of like 13 or 14, or at least for me, like I was not able to like focus. I just wanted to, I just wanted to rock, you know what I mean? Like I just wanted to like play and be loud and like, I didn't want to learn anything at that time. So it took me a really, really long time to like actually figure out, um, like scales and theory and like what, what notes go with what chords and, like all that stuff. Um, yeah, I'm, so, I'm, I'm just uh, sitting yeah, here grinning yeah. because I'm thinking to myself, I remember when I first got my electric guitar, exact same story. I was just like, all I want to do is just pound an E chord with high, heavy distortion and maybe do a couple pick slides here and there. And God, it yep. sounds so heavy. It's so cool. And and then you realize I need to learn something else here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it took a while. I mean, it was just, you know, I just wanted to, just wanted to rock and I just wanted to, you know, eat chips and, and, you know, like chase girls. And like, I didn't actually want to, didn't actually want to like learn anything for a really long time. And then, um, kind of, I guess, uh, when I got out of high school, you know, I played in bands like all throughout like junior high and high school and stuff like that. And then, um, once I got out of high school, I actually was like my my best friends um like three of my best friends are in a band called lipstick homicide oh yeah I don't know if you yeah i've heard it yeah definitely heard yeah. of it. yeah yeah and so like i lived with them um after high school for years and so we kind of all like learned um how to play and like you know how to we just improved together and taught each other things and partied and and got crazy and learned and partied 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 and you know yeah. all that stuff and um but i mean you know and they you know they were like huge you know because like for me like at that time i they were like on a on like another level of like you know they played with like green day and mm-hmm. um they were like playing with all these like really really big punk bands and it was just kind of like i think at the time um since i wasn't i was I was kind of in the band for a little bit like for like maybe a year or less than a year and I went on like one tour with them to play a festival down in California but mostly I was just watching them succeed and then just kind of being like well I I like don't have anybody to like collaborate with or play with so I just kind of have to start my own thing yeah. and that's when I decided to start the blenders um just by myself it was just like me like I uh had got a digital recorder just like a six track digital recorder that my mom bought me yeah my mom bought me my dang recorder <laughs> my mom's like tw- my mom bought my first guitar too so there's no judgment here on that end dude moms you gotta the best you gotta love them i i think about that so much about how my mom was just like oh you want to play guitar here's a guitar and you learn and I did, you know, and it's crazy that a mom would be willing to do that. Cause if someone was like, Hey, buy me a guitar. I want to learn. I'd be like, no way. Go buy your own guitar. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. But, but um, yeah, you got that six yeah. track recorder. Yeah. I got the six track recorder. And then that's when I like started to like really break down like how songs were made, like, you know, all the layers that it takes to make like a fully fleshed out song. And, um, at the time, I was really into uh, a band called Teenage Bottle Rocket. I'm not sure if you ever heard of them. They're just kind of like a very straight, straight ahead Ramones type of um, 
punk band. Mm-hmm. And so it was just like, you know, basically like three or four chords, really, really fast. And harmonies and just like pretty simple and straight ahead. And that was like the perfect, perfect, like jumping off point for me to like really like figure out how to like how songs worked, you know. And so basically I would just I would record on one track. I would like record myself playing and singing at the same time and then i would overdub another guitar track of me playing like like just just down like uh i invented a thing called like well i didn't invent it but at the time i didn't know anybody else that did it like i knew the ramones did all downstrokes yeah but i i did a thing that was like i couldn't do all downstrokes because it was like too tiring to do so i do like one two three and then on the fourth one i come up so it kind of, it has a it has a uh, like kind of effect to it like it kind of kind of mimics the uh, like the drum like you know how the drums are yeah like on the yeah bass you, you end up snare. drawing a little bit of the percussiveness out of the guitar yeah. as opposed to just using it for the notes you know right right and that's so, beautiful yeah and that's basically like what the whole sound was was just like built off the percussiveness of my strumming. Uh, just to three, uh, I called it three fourths down, down strums or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And that was pretty much just like how the sound, you know, it, I didn't need a full band because I had the percussion in the guitars or the rhythm in the guitars. And so then I would just overdub uh, another vocal of like me singing the exact same thing. So it was double tracked vocals and then I would double track uh, a harmony on top of that. And that was basically just where it all started was just like figured out how to do harmonies and how parallel harmonies worked and how the major scale worked. And then that's, yeah, that's basically with that. Yeah. With that six track recorder is how I was able to kind of like break it all down and figure out what sounded good and what sounded like crap. Yeah. I, you know, that's crazy. Like how, how old were you when you were doing all this kind of stuff? Are you like just fresh out of high school a little bit there? And, and, you know, maybe- uh, Probably like 21, 22. I think 20, yeah, like 20, 21, 22 is when I first started recording stuff as uh, the blenders, blend hours, blenders, you know. Ah, blend. How would you pronounce it? Did I pronounce it incorrectly? I, it's it's blenders. It's blenders. But I, I hear people say blend hours so much that I almost refer, I almost say blend hours now because I hear <laughs> blend hours so much. It's but it's, of, yeah, it's blenders. That's kind of, I don't know. It's kind of like a little inside joke for you on that. Yeah, it's like how you know Trey Bear or Treber or some, like I so sometimes like when like Surf Zombies will play a show or something and like we'll have to like introduce ourselves on the like go around and introduce ourselves. I'll say I'm like I'll, I'll like I'll say Trevor Treber or I, I'm gonna start saying Trey Bear because that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will say it correctly. That's, you know, that's like one of the things I think I realized about, um, I mean, you and I, let's like preface all this, like we've never met each other. And I think that just seeing you online and some of your songs and things like I can see that you're a fun loving person. So like having fun while playing music, uh, it translates well into I guess your personality of just kind of being, um, I don't want to say a goofball, but just kind of a fun guy, you know, it, uh, it really translates well. Uh, it comes back to that song, uh, that I saw the video of you playing and it, it just makes me smile. And, uh, it's, it's just one of those things. I think some of it probably comes from that, 
uh, pop punk genre of music that kind of everything was just uh, everything was good, you know, everything, yeah, I'm here with my buddies and everything's cool and, and it was just something kind of like that. And I feel like it translates, you know, well in your personality. So yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I, I, uh, I appreciate that. Yeah. I've just kind of, you know, the, I went to the same school as like, you know, all the, the pop punk bands and stuff like the Sum 41s and Green Days and the Ramones is, and just like, you just don't take yourself too seriously, have fun. And, um, like I mean, even the Beatles, like really, like they were just having fun. And uh, I actually, I've just got off a huge Beatles kick, or like I'm still on a huge Beatles kick. Of I watched the, like the entire Beatles anthology, and uh, you know, watched a lot of behind the scenes stuff. And it just, uh, you know, even though they were so good, they were just having fun the whole time. Yeah, it seemed like, and and uh, I just I lo- I love that. I I don't like uh, I can't I, I have respect for people who are very serious and uh very like theatrical or whatever uh when they do their music but i personally just yeah i mean the thing that i bring to the table is just was just having fun and just goofing around and um but you know i try i try to write stuff that makes poop people crap their pants too at the same time so it's like <laughs> it's trying it's trying to balance th- that whole thing of just like you know getting getting better and better at like writing songs and figuring out interesting chord changes and st- song structures and stuff like that while also maintaining the fun loving attitude yeah i mean i can tell that in some of the songs that you've uh played like either in like your videos or i like see some of your stuff online that uh you do stick to like the basic chord structures that most people do but every now and then you throw something goofy in there that's like oh this wouldn't normally be in there if it was just a straight punk song that was just you know like we said earlier like just four chords like you throw something in there it's like oh Mm -hmm. this is like a seventh or something he's throwing in here that's you know there's always one of those in there and it's like there you go this yeah this guy's i love i love seven yeah i love sevens sevens are the best it's you know and it's great because it it shows that you i mean uh took the time to actually like look deeper into it and just didn't quit at just power chords you know like i feel like that's the thing that is like the biggest hurdle to jump over for uh, people when they're younger trying to learn instruments at least that was like my biggest hurdle was the fact that like eventually you're gonna have to steer away from just playing a power chord because it doesn't add enough depth to the music you know mm-hmm. yeah and i i think a lot of that i could also attribute to uh being in a surf band because oh. like having having brooke hoover as like kind of like the leader of the band he's you know it a lot of what he you know, he teaches his students. I, I'm kind of one of his students. Like, I think all of us, all like the three of us uh, that are in Surf Zombies, Ian, uh, Luke, and I kind of are his students as well because he's just so, he's just been around for so long and just learned, picked up so many things that it's, it, you, you can't help but have that rub off on you. And um, so, like, yeah, with, with Surf Zombies, it was, it was, it was crazy because, like, I had never, um, I had never really like dug into surf before. Like I, I just knew like, you know, the basic surf songs like Wipeout and Pipeline and Miserloo. Yep. And um that was basically where my my knowledge of the genre ended. And um it was it's kind of funny, like I was in the blenders at the time with Ian, who was playing drums for us, and he actually just called me up 
one day, like out of the blue and was like, hey, so we just had, he was in the Surf Zombies at the time, and he was like, hey, we just had our bass player for the Surf Zombies. Um, he's not able to like make it to this next show. Would you be able to fill in? And I was like, uh, I yes. I mean, I really want to, but I, two problems. One, uh, I don't have a bass and two I've not really ever I haven't really ever played bass before so mm. uh can you give me at least a couple weeks to like learn how and figure out how I'm gonna get a bass and so, <laughs> and so I had two weeks to learn like 20 instrumental surf songs Jeez. and then um also I just borrowed my girlfriend at the time's bass and just learned on hers, and it, it is a totally different world that I had to kind of shift into. Um, but uh, yeah, like that—that—that just—that was—that was the big step towards like something else besides power chords. Was was uh, being in the sur- or starting to play in the surf zombies. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that's one of the the misconceptions a lot of people make is the fact that like. If, if you can play guitar, then you can play bass. And I, I'd like to modify the statement uh, to make it a little bit more correct. If you can play the guitar well, you can play the bass okay. You know, it's not like you're going to be, it's not like you're going to be awesome at the bass. And people who are dedicated bassists definitely have way more tricks up their sleeves than a guitarist who just randomly picks up a bass, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And when I was learning the parts for, because it was all, it was 20 songs from CD, you know, from albums that had, had already been released. So I was like just sitting there for days and days and hours and hours just like uh, trying to like my it was it's kind of funny because like at the time my ear wasn't even like developed enough to even like pick out what the bass was doing Yeah. Um, in those songs. And so like I I would show up to band practice and I would like be playing the guitar part on bass yeah and they'd be like well i like what you're doing there but you need to like play that an octave lower and you need to and you need to be uh doing this this and this and so it's just it's just funny how like you know i was i i really kind of went into it thinking that it was going to be uh you know a walk in the park you know like i played guitar i know how this works and bass is just yeah pretty like you said it's if you're if you know how to play guitar you know how to play bass but it was totally not that way at all i couldn't even pick out what the bass was doing and uh i just i did not know a lot of the scales and walking bass things that were happening and yeah it was it was a definite crash course and and everything that i was doing wrong or all the misconceptions that i had about bass playing well i think that definitely has to say something pretty special about the everybody else in the surf zombies you know you're like you showed up and you played stuff and it wasn't necessarily 100 percent correct and they you know i mean some bands they'd just be like all right you're out next guy and you know they actually took the time to be like well if you could correct this this and this then we've got exactly what we want you know and you know remaining positive within a band is definitely not always an easy thing to do and i'm sure I've, I've only done it a couple times you know in my life but showing up to a new band that you, you're not maybe not as familiar with everybody it's it's pretty nerve-wracking and and to have them be positive about the whole situation definitely helps out but it's not always the situation mm-hmm. yeah i think uh, uh just my silly stupid fun loving attitude 
And like that, I think that's what really carried me through, uh, after, like after that first show, after I kind of was pretty mediocre as far as my playing and my technique went. Um, but yeah, I think Brooke and Ian, they just, you know, they liked what I brought to the table as far as just like a, uh, a positive attitude and just a fun, you know, attitude and, and I think that's that's what won them over. Thank yeah. goodness. So, so uh, um, yes. Yeah, so, yeah. Would you think that like playing bass in the Surf Zombies definitely upped your guitar game? Um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, I think that, and just I like, it was it's it kind of works both ways. Like I, I learned stuff on guitar that I apply to bass and. Mm. Um, it's just I, I think w- having to learn those twenty songs um, for that show, it just really it made me just listen to music closer, um, you know, and try to pick apart the layers a little, a yeah. little more, and and figure out what was what's actually going on. Um, yeah, I think I think so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. It's kind of cool to hear that, like, you can, like, learn something on the bass, and you're like, ooh, this is a neat little trick on the bass. I wonder if I could take this to the guitar and try it out on the guitar and, and incorporate it there. You know, it's it's really neat that you can that you can do that. It's totally, I mean, it should seem obvious to everyone, but it doesn't always work like that. You know, uh, some things on the bass don't always work well on the guitar, but, I mean, you had the availability and the opportunity, and you, you went out and tried it, and that's probably one of the, the coolest things is um, never stop learning, you know, even if you're learning something that might be uh, adjacent to what you want to learn. You know, uh, you talking about how mm-hmm. you're prim- primarily a guitar player and they're like, you want to play bass? And it's like, why not? You know, and you just kind of give it a go and then you start to take away some new things from that. And it's, it's really kind of cool because, um, I mean, I went through a time span in my 20s where I just, like, didn't even play the guitar anymore because I just kind of hit a wall and didn't know what to do. And I, I didn't have anyone else to jam with. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a Brooke Hoover at my disposal. Shout out to Brooke though, too. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's the best. He is. You know, it's, that's also like a pretty cool thing is the fact that he doesn't stop teaching guitar. Even if he's like in the band with you, he, he's kind of like, like you said, he's like your pseudo guitar teacher by, you know, he's like one of your instructors by proxy almost just the fact that you're next to him. Mm. Right. And he like he never he never makes you feel stupid. Like he'll like teach me something and like he'll never like he he's so like that's one of his best traits is like he never talks down to you or is like condescending to you at all. He's just he really like speaks to you like like you're an equal and he's just, you know, he's just passing this this uh information on that he learned to you. Yeah. And that's just like so that's way harder than it seems because like I've I've tried to like teach people um, different things and I feel like I just always come off like you know <laughs> yeah like a jerk like a jerk and uh, you know it's it's really uh, one of Brooks' best qualities is just being able to he's just such a nice guy even when he's even when he's breaking your technique down and saying that you're doing everything wrong, he's, he does it in such a nice way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably got to be one of the coolest things about um, going through like a musical journey is the different people that you run into and how they influence you and, and the way that you perceive the instrument that you're playing or even just music as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, 
I just I don't even know where the heck I would be if I if I hadn't joined the Surf Zombies and like maybe I really maybe I would just still be playing power chords right now <laughs> and not trying anything else because because I you know joined Surf Zombies and then I then I learned way more about surf and just like uh, you know put get the vocals out of here because it's all instrumental so you're just really listening to the instrument you know. Mm-hmm. the instruments um and then from there then you know you're listening to a whole bunch of early 60s surf rock and then i started to listen to like um like oldies like real oldies like uh, buddy holly and um everly brothers and elvis and and just all the early 50s rock and roll and then i started to like realize like how that 50s stuff that uh, 50s rock and roll um kind of uh that was the thing that that gave birth to like punk rock and the ramones and all the stuff that i i grew up like you know all the stuff that i loved first like all the pop punk stuff was definitely stealing a whole bunch of stuff from the 50s and it just i figured how i just figured how it all comes full circle and how it all relates yeah i think surf zombies yeah, well, that's that's like really crazy. How long of a time was it um, from the Blenders to the Surf Zombies? Are we talking like uh, you were playing in the Blenders for like two years or five years, and then you joined the Surf uh, Zombies? Or yeah, probably about two years. I think uh, I started Blenders by myself when I was like twenty-one, um, and then I I actually met uh, I met a gal online or on Facebook because I would like put my my uh, record like my songs up on Facebook and I was doing it all all by myself and all the harmonies and stuff and then I uh, had this girl message me Brie uh, Brianna Senior um, and she was like I can harmonize if you ever needed somebody to harmonize with and then I was like yes let's let's um let's get like hooked up let's let's like practice or play together or something and then and then it turns out then we we played together for years and years uh, just just because of like you know her messaging me and then so that we we did that for a couple of years and then um then we like played a show at the yacht club in iowa city i think and then uh somebody uh uh ian williams was in the audience uh ian of the surf zombies mm-hmm. and he heard us he heard us for the first time and like he was just he was kind of like what like i think he uh he hadn't he hadn't heard anything like that before because it was just me playing acoustic guitar like as like just sitting down playing acoustic guitar and then a girl on my left standing and singing harmonies and just us playing as fast as possible and not having any breaks between songs like we would just go from one song to the next song and so we'd play like 15 16 songs in like 22 minutes or something like that because that was like that was what i was trying to go for was the ramones um kind of tactic of just like you know get it get on the stage play as fast as possible and get off the stage you know don't no time for talking or you know just come on get let's get it let's let's go lively you know just like no no fooling around and so he was kind of like that kind of opened his eyes because I think before that he was um, he was kind of you know he didn't really like listen to to punk or pop punk like at the time so um, I think that kind of like bridged some sort of gap between the stuff that he liked 
And uh, then I kind of like introduced him to pop punk. And then um, like he talked to us and he said he wanted to record us. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I would love to record with you, but I, we don't have a drum. It's just me and my acoustic guitar and she sings and that's it. And he was like, yeah, I'll, I'll play drums for you. I, I kind of know how to play drums. I have a drum set. I have a recording studio. Um, let's, let's get together and do this. And so then he ended up playing drums for us and recording us. Um, and we, we've been together ever since, ever since that faithful yacht club show. And then, um, so then, yeah, I guess probably about a year or something later, that's when he called me up and asked me to be in the surf zombies. Um, so yeah, it was, it was crazy. Just a thing of just meeting people. And then all of a sudden now I'm in a surf band. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I do have to say that like the, the Ramones tactic of getting up there and playing all the songs and then, and then leaving is probably one of my favorite tactics I've seen bands employ. Um, some, there's some bands that, I mean, still do stuff like that. Uh, not too many are too, um, I want to say there's a lot of bands that take a lot of hem haw time between every single song. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Cause you know, addressing the audience is definitely an important mm-hmm. part of being on stage. I do recall yeah. once going to see and this, you know, this might be a little out of your wheelhouse, but I went to go see Megadeth play live and they played, um, one of their album. There was like the 20th anniversary of one of their albums. So I went to go see it live and, uh, Let's see, your 30th, 30th anniversary, 30th anniversary of one of their albums. Anyways, <laughs> yeah. the, the long story short there was they, they played the entire album. And then when they were done playing, he said, Hey, everybody, how's it going? You know, it was, he played like 16 songs straight with no stopping. And then was just like, how'd you like that? And everyone cheered and went nuts. And he's like, all right, here's like, <laughs> here's like seven other songs that you probably want to hear. And then he played those. And then when they were done, he said, thanks. And it was I, I always thought that was like one of the coolest things ever to just to just go up there and do your business and and do do it well and you know just just keep thumping on the crowd like oh you like that one you like this one boom next song boom next song mm-hmm. and you just keep doing it and uh, you know that's that says something about you and your playing style and it's also a good way to cram as much stuff into a set as you can you know because instead mm-hmm. of playing like six songs and soaking up a half an hour you're playing 12 15 20 songs you know and soaking up 20 plus minutes and it's it's, yeah it's wild to be able to do that kind of stuff (laughs) yeah i think i think we did it kind of at first out of necessity because i didn't want to i i was i'm kind of like i'm partially blind so i'm kind of like um kind of like a little awkward on stage and like yeah i get like i get kind of clean you know i get i get freaked out when i get on stage and um so it, I think we did it out of necessity just because I didn't want to have to speak or, you know, say, you know, the usual stuff. And I was just like, if we just keep playing, you know, then we don't have to talk, then I don't have to talk to anybody. You know, I can just, <laughs> I can just play and then just get off stage and that'll be good. Yeah. yeah. And then once I, once I figured out that that was like one of the staples that people would come to see us for was the the nonstop, no, no breaks between the songs. Then, then we went, we went ham sandwich with it. We like, (laughs) we crammed like so many songs and like, we would get really creative with how we transitioned from one song to the next song. I'll have to, I'll have to send you like some file of like one of our old, cause it's very, very different. It's very, very different from, um, 
like the style of stuff that I play now because I'm much, you know, I'm much more into uh, oldies, like 50s stuff now than I was um, back when I first was doing the blenders. But uh, it's it's pretty wild. I, I I cringe at it a little bit because it was ten years ago. But hey, <laughs> yeah. don't we all don't we all cringe at stuff we did ten years ago? Oh my gosh! Yeah, uh, the easiest one to point out would be every fashion statement ever made, um, <laughs> ever is like as embarrassing yeah. as it ever could be ten years later. So I totally get that. What kind of music did you start playing when you were in the um, the blenders? As and like, how did it transform over the years when you started listening to more fifties music? Um, I think so. It was basically just being influenced by all the pop punk stuff on um, like Teenage Bottle Rocket and uh, bands, bands like the Lillingtons, just very straight, straight ahead Ramones core um, pop punk stuff like that. And the queers and stuff like that. I just got to name drop a few of them. So <laughs> anybody listening will be like, oh, yeah, OK. Um, so, yeah, it was basically that kind of stuff. Um, so I like bubble gum pop punk mm-hmm. probably what i would call it and then, um i think it yeah it meeting meeting uh brooke uh, hoover and thing that got me to start listening to um uh, the biggest one buddy holly buddy holly was like um that's what made me stop and be like whoa i i think i figured out like Punk, like, oh, where it really started because I got a bunch of glitch in the no, audio, but it was uh, you started playing with Brooke and then he got like introduced you to like Buddy Holly oh, yeah, okay. and, and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll back up a little bit. So, basically, yeah, so it started with all that bubblegum punk stuff, and then and, um, met Brooke Hoover. And joined the service, and that's when I started to listen to like '60s surf. And then I went a little bit older and started listening to like '50s music. And like the biggest one for me was Holly. Um, I like heard heard his voice <laughs> and just thought like this this is what like this is where punk rock really began. Yeah. And um, and then yeah, from there it was just like I yeah I just I couldn't get enough of like '50s doo wop stuff. And I just I consumed consumed like more and more of it, and I think that that's that's where I am is just like right now I think right between um, 50s uh, doo wop and 50s rock and roll and Chuck Berry, Berry and still you know I still have some of the bubblegum bubble gum uh, in in me I can't get rid of it even though I try. Yeah, I can definitely see that um, even though you're influenced now by a handful of different things, those past influences, I feel like they never go away. And some of that is like, pretty, like I said, pretty apparent in those videos that you would post um, on your Facebook page. And, mm-hmm. those, and like I said, those are so much fun to watch you uh, goof around and, and do your stuff, recording things. You're, you're very ingenuitive about how you do things, um, recording things and just kind of making it like a mini event almost, if you will. It's like... Uh, I don't want to like give it all away, but like you will be playing with like stuffed animals next to you, or you've got like a VHS player playing something on a pretty retro TV. (laughs) That's like kind of in the background or foreground while you're, you're doing your thing. And it's, it's, it's wildly entertaining. And I, I I don't, I don't know. I just, I think that was one of the things that drew me to you the most was the fact that you, 
just just kind of do your own thing and I, I I dig your style and a lot of it has to do I think with what you would call that bubblegum punk from the 2000s and such you know it's uh I I don't know whether or not it's like the major chords that they they usually used in that as opposed to sticking with some of the other like metal is usually in minor and a lot of that pop punk stuff was in in major I don't know if it has anything to do with that but uh I don't know it, it's always been one of my favorites probably just because I grew up with it but hearing some of it come out little by little in some of your songs has always just kind of made me smile I don't know that was like one of the things that first attracted me to you as like a guitar player the fact that um I feel like a lot of our influences were somewhat the same, but then I started listening to you and the surf zombies and I was like, Oh, this guy's got layers like an onion. You know, he's, he's not just this bubblegum stuff that, that I enjoy. He's got so much more going on. And, uh, you know, what, what I, mean, I gotta ask you, what, what causes you or what, what drives you, I guess would be the better way to say it to create this kind of content. Cause like as of the last year or so you've been putting out quite a few videos and now I'm like starting to scroll back and I see that's something you've been doing for quite a while. Um, yeah, I think I, I've started to realize that that's, um, um, that that's probably the thing that I'm best suited for is maybe creating like li- like doing the live streams like you're talking about with the the uh with the like playing like a some like v- vhs and like a on a tube, t- tube tv and just trying to create like a, a like a live event because um as i get older i realize that i i don't think i can be at the i can't be like a front man of a band and uh, and it's i just don't have like the charisma that like a brooke hoover has Mm-hmm. Because of my like of my like uh, disability, I'm, I'm I was born with glaucoma, and oh. so I you know I spent like a lot of my life like a lot of my life inside and kind of like sheltered a little bit, and and um, as I get older, my vision is you know it's not it's not going to get any better. I I don't think I ever go completely blind, but it's not you know it's not going to get any be- any better. And so I think I've I've realized like like the past like four or five years that like um, creating content like on you know for 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 like YouTube or for, for and doing live streams might be the thing that for me because then I get to stay at home and I I don't have to you know kind of like uncomfortable um at shows you know but with but with when i'm with the surf zombies it's it's easy easy because because like they're they understand like you know what i'm capable of and they help me out mm-hmm. um the best that they can and um so yeah okay i'm getting like totally sidetracked because this because asking that seeing that question makes me think about a lot of other stuff um but, but yeah i guess the thing the thing that really drives me is um I've always loved like editing video videos. Like when I was, you know, since I was really really young, I, I've always loved to like edit like little stupid videos. And we used to like film ourselves like jumping off the roof or jumping onto a trampoline into the pool. And like you know, because of Jackass, like Jackass yep. was like the big, <laughs> the big thing that like made me be like, I can get a V, I can get a camcorder, and we can do this ourselves. And so we started doing that. And then I would take it to you know, high school, and then I would, like, sync it up to music, like, the different stunts up to music, and then, so now that I'm older, I'm just, like, applying those, like, that editing, that editing knowledge that I I gained, like, what little I actually gained uh, to my own songs, and I just, I I just love, I love um, 
like the com the combination of I just love music videos. I love making music videos. I think that is just like such a cool art form. And I I actually just bought like a super VHS camcorder so yeah. that I could yeah, like you saw the the don't mean maybe video. <laughs> yes. And uh, it was all filmed like on a super VHS camcorder because like I bought it for that specific purpose. Like I really wanted to make music videos with that thing. <laughs> and like some some people use like the filter on their phone. Yep. Like an app that makes it look like that. But dude, it's it's does it it's not the same. It is not the same. No. I can I can see the difference. Yeah, it looks so generic when it's coming from I mean like the obvious one would be Snapchat they used to have an easy filter that was always there that made it look like a VHS so every now and then you get some lines running through it or something like that or a little bit of like a a panel skip on the VHS you know or something like that would go on but it's it's you could tell that it's all pre-programmed and it's it's patterned out to do it when it's supposed to and when you do it with an actual VHS it act you know as you can see in the video, if anybody wants to see the video, you can scroll down and I'm sure you can find it in the description section. I'll post links to your stuff, but, um, as including your YouTube channel, which is a place people can find this video, correct? Uh, yeah. Yep. Awesome. The Trevor, Trevor blender, YouTube awesome. shout outs. Yes. I'll definitely drop all the links to that, but check out his YouTube channel and watch that VHS, uh, music video that you made. What was the editing process like on that? Did you digitize it all first and then edit it down? Or did you like, <clears throat> for, did you like film it little clip by little clip and then merge it all together as you were recording? Uh, yeah. I mean, we just, I had the song and then I think I was just like, I knew what all the lyrics were. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to say one line over while I'm falling off this table. Okay, I'm going to say one line while I'm eating this banana. And so, you know, we just, you know, we just did different, different uh, shots of me saying different lines, like pretty much in chronological order Mm -hmm. of me singing, like saying each line for the song while I'm doing something else. Like, yeah, it's actually not that (laughs) it wasn't as complicated. I wish I could say it was. But it was, yeah, it was basically just, yep, say all the lines. And then I did like a another bonus shot of me playing the solo on four, four different or like three different guitars and then a piano and like a my tambourine and my snare. And then I was like, yeah, that's that's good enough. And And then I did like a full take of me playing the whole song and singing it. And then I just, yeah, and then I, you would have to, what you have to do is like, so it's like a super VHS camera. You have to like take the VHS C tape out and then you got to put it into an adapter. Mm-hmm. That's like a VHS C to VHS adapters. And then you got to put that in your VCR mm-hmm. and then you got to run your AV cables from the back of your VCR to uh, like, I have like an adapter, like a USB to AV adapter mm-hmm. and then and then yeah and then I like run that through and then like get all like import all the the footage off there and then yeah and then just edited it from there but it was it was pretty easy because it was all filmed pretty much in chronological order dude I'm just sitting here giggling because you're like well it's pretty easy because what you got to do is you got to get this thing then you got to get an adapter then you got to get a second adapter and then when you want to get it to your computer you got to buy a third adapt you know it's like (laughs) once you got the adapters it's you know you're good you're gold yeah I guess I guess so did you uh, take any sort of like video editing in high school or or what was your other than just you know watching jackass and trying to emulate some of that kind of stuff um what like what was your inspiration to do any video editing? Did I mean like uh, yeah. S- school? I think, yeah. 
yeah, just j- yeah, Jackass was the big thing, and then just um, you know, just the watching music videos, like watching MTV, and you know, watching Blink One Eighty Two videos, and just you know, then you see them doing stupid stuff and synced up to music, and that was just. I'm sure that's where it all probably came from, and so I took uh, you know video productions one and two in high school, and shout outs to West High, yeah, in Iowa City. Let's go, uh. and uh, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, that's. That's pretty much all the all the education that I ever had for video editing, and I mean, I'm sure I, to everybody else, it might look like I have like a style that I edit in, but I I really I just I feel like it's all out of like necessity. Like I just don't have the best editing software, and I don't have the best filming techniques. But maybe that's good maybe that's what gives it its own style or something i don't i don't know no i'm i'm totally with you because like i've i didn't our class our school only offered one class i come from a really small town so like our school only offered one class for video production and it was it the bearing on that was the fact that enough people had to sign up for it or they wouldn't offer it and so it was only offered my freshman year of high school and then never again afterwards Um, where did you where did you uh attend uh, Humboldt High school. High school in Northern Iowa. Cool. Yeah, Wildcats. There's not there's not much up here. It's kind of a smaller town. Like I said, it's like five thousand people. Our our grades were like maybe a hundred kids tops, and uh, you know if if not enough people would sign up for a class, they just wouldn't offer it. But they always offered everything, and and then kind of figured it out afterwards. So I never took any like video editing anything, but mm-hmm. uh, I remember growing up, and it was kind of like you said, like I was. Um, intrigued by professional wrestling vignettes. It's like they put like music in the background and then run like a highlight reel to bring you up to speed on what happened to lead you to the match that you're going to watch. So literally you could, you could ignore all of the wrestling all month long and then you'd watch the pay-per-view and it's like in two minutes I'm caught up and I got to hear some cool music, you know, and it's all the highlights. So I, Mm -hmm. as, as dumb as it sounds, I would create those just for like literally no reason just to have them on my computer. But I was always intrigued by like video editing and things like that, which is probably one of the reasons I was intrigued by you making so many videos here. But, um, you know, just seeing the fact that like, you've done some of this stuff and, and other people have kind of made their own like grassroots attempts at, at making videos and things. I actually tried to make a music video now, not too long ago for a buddy of mine. And like you said, I don't, I'm not a professional videographer. I'm not a professional editor or anything, but it still turned out pretty good, you know, as, as for Mm -hmm. what it was. And that, I, th- I feel like that grassroots kind of thing is, is not so much lost anymore, but there's so much pressure that people want to put on themselves to be like, oh, this has got to be super official and, and I've got to spend a lot of money on this to make it look good and be good. Otherwise, no one's going to care. But I, th- th- what right. they don't understand is that's not the case always. Yeah, it's like you, you really have to like work within your means. You, you can't be like, you can't be aiming for like, you know, like a, uh, I can't even think of like what what is hip now? I don't even. I don't know. Okay, like a uh, you can't you can't aim for like a Nicki Minaj type quality video music video. You know what I mean? You got to realize what you have. I have like a sixty dollar editing software. I have a super VHS camcorder. I'm not gonna try to make you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna aim for what I know that I am capable of, and um, I think that's like the biggest thing is like just. Yeah, like knowing, 
because if you know if you try to make it like too serious or look too professional i think that it's gonna probably fail or it's gonna show that it's like not you know that professional yeah and so i i think with my video i was just like well i'm not gonna I'm not even going to try to make it look professional. I'm just, we're just going to go around our apartment since we're stuck inside like everybody else. Yep. And we're just going to film stupid little clips of me saying each line because I know that I can edit that together and I know that it will be probably entertaining enough to hold people's attention for two and a half minutes. Yeah, I I totally agree with you with, um, I feel like if you strive too hard, you're going to end up like almost outing yourself. A good example of that would be like, um, if you say you're going to make like a gourmet pizza and you try really hard and people are going to be like, well, this is not necessarily gourmet pizza. But if you like cook a frozen pizza and you're like, I have a pizza here, everyone's going to eat it. You know, it's, it's pizza and everybody loves it. And that's the thing. But if you try to like label it as something that it might not actually be, people are going to be like, well, eh, you know, <laughs> kind of, <laughs> you know, and yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I really feel like the the like we were talking earlier the grassroots the the ability for people to just go out and do this stuff on their own it's all there um the music video that i made was for clint riedel uh his song hey there ma i'm not trying to plug it or anything but i recorded i almost don't even want to say it but i recorded the whole thing with uh iphones i used a a really nice iphone i used a a junky iphone I, i just have like old iphones laying around so i just used them all and used them all as my recording equipment and and like like you said the more time you try to put into it to make it look extra professional eventually something's gonna slip through the cracks and people are gonna be like gee this this shot here was kind of kind of junky or whatever you know and and or just something like that. You're totally going to out yourself. Plus we don't have like the stage management. We don't have all sorts of people working on the backgrounds, you know, changing the lighting and blowing bubbles and, and throwing confetti in the air and doing all that crazy stuff. Like all those professional music videos do. (laughs) throwing confetti in the air. I don't know. Sure. I love it. I don't know how many music videos you've seen with confetti, but they're all over the place. I'm going to throw some confetti in the air. That's my next video. I'm throwing it. Sweet. I'm going to just, I'm going to just start one of my, live streams and just be like what's up confetti. <laughs> yeah, confetti. <laughs> oh man I, I, it comes back down to that man I, it's the fact that y- your fun lovingness definitely comes through in in your music abilities and and your stage presence and your videos and things like that and i i regret to say that i've never seen the surf zombies live in person but i've definitely heard your guys's tunes um, unfortunately you guys were really close to my neighborhood. You were playing in, uh, out near Fort Dodge in Barnum and I had a show in Des Moines, so I couldn't make it. And it was like one of the most disheartening things ever. Cause I was like, Oh, I wanted to go see these guys. This is the closest they've been in like since I've known about you guys. And which, which, which town is Barnum? Like I'm trying to think where that was, we, that was, up, I, that was up the, by Fort Dodge, uh, in the, at the junkyard was the bar. Yes. Oh my gosh, dude. You are so lucky you didn't. All right. Nothing against the junkyard bar. It was just an off night. It was an off night, and I think it was like really, really cold out. Like this was still like in winter or something. Yep. yep. And I think we were like literally playing for like the bartender and like two people or something and each other. Yeah. So that's all. Yeah. One of my buddies was there, and he's like, I don't, I don't know if people didn't like why people didn't come out, but like 
it was just one of those like freak things he said it was just it was it was an odd situation where usually that place is pretty packed but it was it was bad weather it was winter time people mm-hmm. don't like going places in the winter and i don't blame them because i don't like going places in the winter either but uh you know it was i still wished i would have been there regardless of of how you or anybody else would have perceived the situation i would have enjoyed it immensely because i you know it's one of those things i don't play surf rock it's not what i do I, it's not that i don't know how but if i had to i probably wouldn't be very good at it so when i see people playing things that i don't normally play or stuff that like wouldn't come out of my brain to play it's so in, intriguing and entertaining to me because it's something that i don't know how to do or there's something that i wouldn't create with my own mental capacity but somebody else is putting the time effort and energy into it and they're killing it i i I think that's why I think that's why you might have a podcast. Yeah. I think it's cuz you're 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 interested in like other people's stories and like other people's um what they bring to the table and that's that's I right, let's turn this around. Let's do let's do let's make the podcast about you cuz no, I think I was you know, not 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 just anybody can do like a podcast. I think that's that's really cool that you that uh that interests you um like other people's you know, yeah. what they're good at and stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I grew cool. up playing punk music and some of my friends ended up, uh, like one of the guys that was in my punk band joined a metal band in Des Moines, like after we graduated. And it was one of those things where it's like, God, how are you guys playing this many notes? I don't know how to play that many notes, you know, and you guys are playing stuff that's, you know, sometimes faster than punk music and, and you're just shredding it up and I don't know how to do any of that stuff. And it was always really mm-hmm. intriguing to me. So I, I set out to, you know, like try and figure out how to play some of that stuff. So I, I leaned in towards the obvious stuff like the Metallicas and the Megadeths and the Iron Maidens and things like that. So I learned some of that stuff and it, it was just the fact that some of it just intrigues me. Cause it's like, if they can do it, I bet I can do it if I work hard enough. You know, I, I bet I could. Mm-hmm. And it's that's the intriguing thing is like, now I'm realizing that I'm a little bit older. I don't have the time to do everything. So why mm-hmm. not why not just let the people that are already doing the thing, you know, why not give them a high five somehow and be like, dude, I love what you're doing. You know, and that's that's literally all it comes down to. Um, I mean, I, w- I guess I was lucky enough to be in... I was kind of in the same shoes you were where they were like, hey, in, in a month, we've got this metal band that we need a guitarist. Is there any way you can learn all this material? So what they did was they sent me like 13 songs and I learned them all, uh, rehearsed and then played a show with them. And that was like one of the things that really got my chops up as far as a guitarist and kind of like built my confidence even, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure that was no different than you with, you know, standing next to Brooke and everybody in the Surf Zombies, you know, like mm-hmm. having the availability to have them around and change your style up a little bit and you learn something new and you're like, holy cow, I'm actually, I've got something going on here, you know, and it, it kind of raises, like I said, raises your self-esteem a little bit. Uh, and it helped that I was playing bass, the instrument that people care the and they focus the least on. When, when it comes to surf music or any music really <laughs> yeah so I, I could i could hide behind them <laughs> that's all that's like one we play a song in the punk band i'm in and I, I always try to make sure that during one part of the song i stop playing and i point at the bassist and say this guy whether or not you know it is actually one of the people in the band that's like the most influential and holding us all together even though he's just standing in the corner like hiding you know <laughs> it's what you don't realize is without a base it's it's so empty it's so empty i mean that goes yeah, for, that goes no, for literally okay. every kind of music too 
yeah, you you never think about it, and I didn't think about it for the longest time when I was just re- recording stuff with like two acoustic guitars, and um, and then like now, once like, like when I make doing backing tracks so I can do live streams, and and like sometimes I'll I'll forget to like turn like I'll accidentally mute the bass track and I'll be like, whoa, this song sounds like total crap. Mm-hmm. What's go- oh oh the bass the bass is muted. Yeah, <laughs> it, it is huge, hugely important. Yeah, and there's some bands that'll like uh, not to delve too deep into theory, but like there's some bands where like uh, if everybody's playing power chords, let's let's break it down a little bit. They're playing the the first and the fifth and maybe an octave of the first. But sometimes the bassist will be like, "I'm playing a third here. What do you think of that?" And it adds this like extreme depth that you wouldn't have been able to get had you not mm-hmm. done something like that. And that's like one of those instances, a good band to point at that would be like ACDC. Their bassist was always really good at sneaking in a third here or there and, and mm-hmm. really filling out the sound as, instead of just, like I said, you got one guy, everybody's kind of playing open chords or power chords and stuff. And he's actually just adding this weird amount of depth that people, you, you don't even know what's going on until you like, I remember the first time I looked up a tab for the bass part for some ACDC stuff, and I'm like, there's no way this is right. And then you play it along with the guitar part that I, I like, looped on a looper. I'm like, oh, wait, no, this is this is right. I just, my concept of what a bass player is was so different than what it actually is. And that's another thing, mm-hmm. like, just the fact that you play bass in one band and, and guitar in another band, and you're obviously very good at both of them, and it just it's just one of those things, like, it it made me realize that there's so much more to this than just like we said earlier just a guitarist can play a bass well they can but maybe not as well as a bassist you know there's there's different tricks up the sleeves that that need to be played depending on what instrument you're going to be using yeah no totally i for for the first couple of years it was just it was really just trying to hide behind brooke and ian and the rest of them and just try to convince people that i don't suck that was that was my whole goal just convince just try to convince them that i don't suck at bass <laughs> i'll just turn my amp down <laughs> built up a lot of uh, a lot more confidence and now i'm just like yes i want a freaking um like a, a compressor pedal to make every single note the exact same uh volume so because like yeah now i'm now i'm like ultra ultra confident and i want i'm like i want I want to be the lead bassist. Lead bassist. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's like Spinal Tap. They had two lead guitarists and a lead bassist. <laughs> oh, I need to watch Spinal, Spinal Tap again. I actually, we were watching I Love the 80s. I don't know if you remember I Love the 80s from uh, like the VH1 show that yep. was like, they'd like talk about every single year from the 80s. Yeah. And we saw the like 1980, I don't know, 86 or I don't know. Whenever Spinal Tap came out, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this actually might be something that we need to revisit like very soon." And we have like a thing where we don't watch movies unless we find them on VHS. And so, like, that's like what like me and my girlfriend. That's what we do basically. Is like we just we we have a huge collection of uh, VHSs, and. um we just go hunting at like Goodwills and Salvation Armies and thrift stores and stuff and just um, just try to find like try to just make our collection as awesome as possible. So I hope we can find Spinal Tap. It shouldn't be that hard. Uh, yeah. I, I found a copy of it maybe like 10 years ago and I bought it for like a quarter. I don't remember where. So it's they're out there somewhere. But uh, 
I, I know I've seen it, but it just wasn't on my radar of things to or VHSs to buy. I wasn't, but then I saw like the I Love the '80s cover, and I was like, this actually might be way better than I remember it being. So yeah, I, I need to watch that again. I still remember watching it in high school and just being like, this is this is awkward. It was just like awkward for like an hour and a half, and that was all it was. Yeah, but then I th- yeah, I wasn't I wasn't ready for it. I think was I like the the uncomfortable. Um, what is like the mockumentary kind of thing where it's kind of it's a uh, played off as if it is actually real. Mm-hmm. I, was, I wasn't ready for it. Yeah, I, I totally wasn't either. And uh, it was one of those things like I was probably like in the early 2000s when I first watched it. And uh, the you know, I'm cruising on the Internet as a young kid and they're like, oh, you like music? You'd like spine. You got to watch Spinal Tap. It's a, you know, a movie for all musicians or blah, blah, blah. And I was like, OK, whatever, I'll. I'll check it out, you know, and like you said, I wasn't ready for it. I was just like, this is weird. This is just, it's just, it's awkward. It's like watching um, a music version of something like, I don't know, The Office or something kind of like that or like a show. Yes. Yeah. The Office is probably what got us used to that uncomfortable, uh, like mockumentary kind of style. Yeah. I, I I would think. I recently found that, um, when they filmed Spinal Tap, they filmed like dozens and dozens of hours of, of filming. And when they like brought all of the material to like the cutting room, they had something like 10 hours worth of, of film and they ended up cutting it down to like an hour and a half. And uh, yeah. here and there, people have leaked uh, the unedited footage. So you can see some of the scenes in Spinal Tap that are like four minutes long. But if you watch like the unedited stuff on like YouTube and things like that, it's actually like a nine minute scene and they only took like 30 <laughs> seconds of it. And so it's it's literally like nine minutes of the most awkward stuff you can watch. Uh, just listen to the guys argue. There's like one scene in there where a guy can't nail a solo and they're yelling at him. And, you know, it's like, well, if you weren't dinking around the whole time, you'd be able to play the solo. And he's just like, I can play it. And then he tries again and doesn't. But that's like one of those scenes where... <laughs> Like I said, it's like nine, ten minutes long, and you get to watch him walk from the control room back to the studio to try to play it again. And then the guy's laying on the ground. He's like, I'm not playing this. I'm done. I'm, I'm not playing anymore today. And it's like, no, you have to play today, you know? And I I always uh. think that kind of stuff is super fun. Um, I think it'd be like a, a – I think it would be a due service if, if a band was to create like a new Spinal Tap style movie. I know bands have done it in the past. Um, recently, like – uh, the band Fozzie, Chris Jericho, the professional wrestler dude, he's sings in a band and they made one in like the early two thousands that actually got, um, the FCC wouldn't let them put it out just due to the fact they didn't have the proper rights to use a lot of the names and things like that. Cause they had like Zach Wilde and Alice Cooper and, and all sorts of people like involved in the documentary that they didn't have the rights to from the recording companies to use their likenesses or the band names or even the music. Cause they would be like, well, this is our song and twisted sister quite obviously stole it from us. Cause here's their version. <laughs> and they would like play covers and pass them off as if they were their own music. And when obviously they weren't, but that was just part of their goofy storyline. So I, I do think that like the fun lovingness of a band definitely relates to how much people enjoy you know, being around them, watching them, enjoying their live material and things like that. Yeah, uh, I think I think I would agree. I I don't attend enough live shows. Like, if I can be honest, 
Um, I think because it's because I miss out on the visual aspect of like seeing the bands having fun and and all that. Um, so I just I just listen to stuff like it would uh, like the one thing that I would that I would say is like a positive with all the covid stuff is like I I think people are getting into doing like um, like streaming concerts mm-hmm. a lot more. And with those, I can I can totally watch those and get really close to the TV and get you know I get way m- much more Im- immersed in in uh, the song and like the you know the like the fun that the band is having and stuff and get I can get way more into it if I can like actually see them. So I would I would love if um, like even after this is all over if all the live or the streaming concerts continues because for me. Um, that would be, that would be big. That would be big. I would, I would love to, to watch a lot, a lot of more bands play live. Yeah. Honestly, the live streaming thing works out almost in some bands favor, um, depending on the band. Uh, there's like, I don't know. I play most of my shows in Des Moines with a punk band and I'm, like I said, I'm from Northern Iowa. So it's like two hours if anyone in my neighborhood wants to see me play, and that's a lot to ask somebody to be like, hey, drive two hours to watch me play for an hour and and then drive home. You know, it's, it's a lot to ask somebody. So, like, the availability that they have to, like, watch us online actually mm-hmm. actually helps out quite a bit. And I'm not trying to, like, down on any of the, like, the music industry, but it's not always easy to make money um, playing your own music. You know, that, that goes for all styles of music, all kinds of music. Uh, I mean, obviously, some bands will have an easier time um, you know, making money. Sometimes they charge upfront fees, but if you play like in a club, a lot of times you're kind of, um, limited to how many people come in the door or like a percentage of the bar or things like that. And, uh, if you play like a live streaming show, you can just be like, Hey, Venmo me if you want. And yes. And a couple of, yes. a couple few Venmos could equal just as much as a payday would at a, you know, going out to a show and you don't have to drag your stuff everywhere. You don't have to go all the way across town or go two hours away to a different town to play your music. And, uh, like you said, some people have wicked awesome setups. They got big screens in their house with huge tower speakers and they could really thump the stuff. And it sounds really, really cool. And it looks really, really mm-hmm. cool. Dude, it has been a journey for me to figure out how to get my, um, streaming set up, um, to actually sound good because mm-hmm. okay i don't know if you're hearing the quality of like my of like my voice right now or like i mean you have obviously because i'm just like using my phone because i don't have home internet i just use like my hotspot oh really on my phone yeah 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 whoa and i yeah just use my hotspot and then i just use like i'm plugged in it's like plugged into my computer and then you know i got skype on there and then i just i have an interface so I can use like a good microphone. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, yeah, trying to get the best quality I can. But, um, so I was, um, saying that I was recording like a lot of backing tracks. Yeah. And so in- initially I, you know, wanted to be able to just re- like do the streams using my phone, like do like a Facebook live or Twitch or YouTube or whatever f- and stream from my phone. Mm-hmm. And the problem, the problem is like, I have an Android and I'm sure it's probably, I I like okay. I know it's the same for iPhone. Is getting an interface like your recording interface, um, like the 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 line outs mm-hmm. to plug to plug in to your phone, and have it sound good. 
like have it sound like not crap, it, it's like impossible. It's and wicked difficult. It's, yeah, it is. It is impossible. And I, I got like three different TRS to TRRS cables. Like, I don't know if that means anything to you, but just like these cables that that try like uh, convert the headphone jack um, in your Android phone from like a head like from just being able to go into headphones and it turns it into like a microphone. Okay. So it, so it can receive audio, and um, it it just the problem is that a lot of them are crappy mm-hmm. first off, and then the second thing is that it takes like a stereo mix like I have this like beautiful wide stereo mix and it just it just um puts it in mono yep and so like i I just i'm trying so hard to like have you know everything fleshed out like a totally fleshed out mix and then it just gets all smushed into a mono mix (laughs) yeah and so i was i was hoping that there would be like one that like converted it and didn't make it stereo but uh, then my friend Ian from Surf Zombies, like he told me, he was like, "No, there's no, there's no cable that's gonna make it not mono. It's always gonna be mono." And I was like, "Oh, come on! I wish I would have known that after I spent like a hundred dollars on all the different adapters and, and cables, giant, like for weeks, <laughs> for weeks, dude, for weeks." Oh and, man! Uh, and then I basically, so I have a really good computer, but. Like it's, it's, it's like maybe like five or six years old, but it's really, it was like top of the line at the time. Mm -hmm. It's a PC. And, um, I, the thing is I never cleaned out like the fan or like the inside of it. So like I could never stream from my computer cause it would always just overheat Uh and like the fan didn't work properly. Like the, the, basically the lungs were just completely clogged of Mm -hmm. my computer and so, like, that's why I was using my trying to use my phone to stream and failing with the, you know, to get the audio to sound good. And so Ian, Ian was like, just here, just give me your computer for a day. I'll clean it out. And hopefully we shouldn't have to, like, reformat everything. Hopefully it should be just like, I'll just clean it out and it'll be good to go. And, like, he opened it up and there was just like, the thickest layer of dust and cat hair <laughs> yeah. that you've ever seen. It's like six years of, you know, living with different cats and different apartments and stuff like that. Just all clogged, clogged and clogged the like lungs up like completely. And so basically, yeah, he took it and was just, was just kind of disgusted, but then gave <laughs> it back to me, <laughs> gave it back to me that same day. And it was like I had like a brand new computer. And so now, finally, I'm able to like hook, you know, just, just use my current setup like of like, you know, I use Reaper. I don't know what recording program you use, but I just use Reaper. And I can play my backing tracks from my computer and stream with my Super VHS camcorder. And uh, it sounds, you know, the beautiful stereo mix is there. And... It's gonna be awesome. That's crazy I'm so cool. Excited. Yeah, and that's like some of the things a lot of people don't understand is um, the amount of like research and development and trial and error that uh, everyone's going through to try to find the best way to create content for everybody and make it passable and enjoyable is actually there's a lot that goes into it. Like uh, 
I mean, I use, uh, I've got a, a MacBook, I guess would be like what I have for a computer, but I, I use just GarageBand for simple recordings because it's easy enough. But if I want to do stuff com- complex, I've got a copy of Reaper that I use. But like even just trying to figure out how to do a Skype setup the best way so I can isolate both forms of audio and still record it. And that way, if yeah, I-, I actually, I wondered why you used Skype over some other like, you know, uh, messenger yeah. program, you know, call programs, but yeah. that's, that makes sense. That makes total sense. So you can isolate the different audio. Yeah. Totally. I mean, that's, and that's like a goofy one too. Cause I got to send like your Skype audio is the only thing I hear. I don't hear my own. So if I'm talking and it's too quiet, I don't know if it's too quiet, but I send all the audio out the headphones, which is just you into the interface. And then I've got my microphone going into the interface that goes back in. And then it's, it's this big to do just to try to figure out how to get all this stuff to line up to work. And it, I think it's one of the things a lot of people don't understand is some people have like now, especially since the, the coronavirus and everybody's staying at home and, and now a lot of people are streaming. Some people have got some insanely cool streaming services going where they have stuff scrolling across the bottom or watermarks. And they're like, guess what? I'm, this stream is actually sponsored by a company. It's this company and they'll put up logos yeah. and things. And it's, it's wild. It's cool to see people yeah. going through and doing all this stuff. Cause like you said, it takes extra adapters and cables and new software and try and testing and, and testing and testing and testing. And it's not, yeah. not always I, easy. It is. It is not like I, uh, I, I feel like I wasted an entire month just <laughs> when all I needed to do was just give Ian my computer for a day and have him just <laughs> clean that cat hair out of there. And I would have just been, I could have been doing streams so long ago. Oh my gosh. I don't know if you caught my first stream that I did. Like the, I did like one where I had, I, I just had my speakers like just facing towards my phone. So like you could hear the mix you know, coming through my speakers and I would just stand across the room and sing and play from across the room. And that was like, it was so ghetto. It was so jank, (laughs) but it, you know, it got the job done for like a first attempt at streaming. And then I was like, I listen, you know, I was just not satisfied. I was not satisfied. And I was like, I'm going to make it work on my phone. And then just a month down the drain. But dude, if I can, if I can have everybody hear the mix that I'm hearing in my headphones, the people that are watching the stream and be able to stream it with my VHS camcorder and have it look all, you know, retro and have a, you know, a, uh, some movie playing, like have space jam or something playing on the TV yeah. while I'm playing. Um, I think I'd be very happy. Um, I would, do, I would, I'll do streams forever like that. Cause I'll just keep making songs and making backing tracks. Cause there's like, I have such a huge like I'm not trying to gloat or anything, but I have like such a huge backlog of songs like that. I've just never been able to like actually like present the way that I, you know, want to uh, like an audience. So it'll just, I I feel like I could be busy for years and years um, making backing tracks. And, you know, I I make the whole thing like drums, bass, everything. I I don't have a drum set, but I just use like, uh, like some Sennheiser Mm -hmm. drum software and i'm it sounds pretty convincing to me i mean you heard it on um don't mean maybe yep you know that's just it's just like some digital digital drums drum machine and uh i i'm i'm cool with it you know i'm 
Yeah. I know it's it's not real drums, but it's uh, you know, it's it's close enough for me to get the point across yep. and to to really to bring the rock. Yeah. yeah. I, I feel like I could stay busy for years. I, f- I feel like that's something like if you told that to a drummer, they'd be like, no way, this sounds like garbage. But like at the same rate, like if somebody digitized a guitar amp and then you played through that, you'd be like, well, this is really, really close, but it's still missing a little bit of something. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's always going to be that little dynamic you're missing on something that's digital that you would normally get through something analog, I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, when I first started programming the the digital drums, I mean, it sounded like a drum mach- machine because I didn't know about different things. Like you can, there's like a thing to humanize the drum hits so it's not perfectly on the grid, you know, not perfectly on the metronome. Mm-hmm. And um, so like, you know, the you can vary the the strength of the hits and stuff like that and give it way more human feel than you would, you would think that you could like if you just like turned on a Casio keyboard yeah. and just listened to one of those drum beats. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's just like yeah. so basic. <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying. Oh yeah. man, and that's really cool. You know, like I think I've I've learned quite a bit about you here, where like you've blended um, modern things with uh, I don't want to say primitive things, but like with things from the past. You know, like you've got modern sounding um, sound coming through some of your streams, but you're using like VHS to to record it. You know, and, and all that kind of stuff is just really really intriguing to me. And the fact that you're you're that open minded to blend all this stuff together is that's why they call me. Trevor Blender. There you go. Or do they? I don't know. I don't think anybody calls me that actually, but pretty <laughs> soon I'm gonna make them. I'm gonna force people to call me Trevor that. Blender. Trebear. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey man, I'm into it. I we've got over an hour recorded already, which is uh, which is cool with me. Is there anything you have that you want to give shout outs to your bandmates? I mean, you gave most of them a shout out already, but. Anything, uh, I mean, it's tough to be like, oh, I've got these shows planned because nobody's got any shows planned for the most part, but you got anything? Yeah, I, I don't think we have, uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I mean, basically just shout out to, um, you know, Brooke, Ian, and Luke of Surf Zombies for being the best bandmates a guy could ask for. Woo! And, uh, you know, uh, I guess I just hope everybody's hanging in there and stuff, and I can't wait to, like, play and rock and see everybody again and although hopefully uh you know this sunday i am this sunday i'm looking forward to doing a, doing a we call it a junk food jam yeah uh live stream. yeah we'll do that live stream on uh sunday trying aiming for 7 p.m or no 7 30 7 30 aha this was 7 p.m yes this podcast was it but yep. uh yes um so 7 30 uh, this Sunday, gonna do the junk food jam, and hopefully I'll see um, see a bunch of people there uh, in text form. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I just I guess I just yeah I miss I miss a lot of people I miss everybody, and um, hopefully uh, we will all get through this crap and uh, get rocking very soon. Yeah, man. Uh, hey, Trevor, thanks a million for taking time out of your day to sit down and talk with me. I really appreciate it. Dude. It's been so much fun. I really appreciate you having me. I'm as the first time I've ever done anything like this. Um, just for you know me, I've done stuff with Surf Zombies, doing a podcast, a couple of those. But this, uh, I really am uh, 
I am honored to be on the show. and makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, dude. Well, uh, that means mission complete. Uh, mission complete. Um, I'm going to end the recording here in a second, but I would uh, like you to stick around when I'm done. So thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Oh, what a cool guy. You know, it's been really fun doing these Skype podcasts because I get to talk to people that I I wouldn't normally be able to talk to. I've tried to do most of these podcasts face-to-face. I I feel like it's a little bit easier to do them face-to-face, but uh, at the same rate, like I said, I've been having a blast talking to all sorts of people on Skype, people I wouldn't normally be able to talk to, um, and it's, it's been tons of fun. So shout out to Trevor for joining me on this podcast. We had all sorts of cool conversations in this episode, as well as after the episode was over. I mean, we talked a little bit more about all sorts of stuff. He's he's got all sorts of cool interests and things like that. He's a guy that likes to stay busy. So if you if you like content, he's probably got a lot of it in all sorts of different genres uh, for you. I've got links down below to all of the music and things that he's in. So check out those links down below. Uh, got to give a shout out to Trevor for joining me on this week's episode. Thanks a lot, Trevor. I really do appreciate it. Uh, I gotta say thanks once again to everybody listening to the episodes. Uh, huge shout out to you guys. If if you're new to the podcast, go back look at some old episodes. See if you find somebody you know and you want to listen to, or uh, maybe give somebody a spin that you haven't listened to before, or uh, you know get to know some people. That's kind of what the whole podcast is about: is just kind of saying hi to everybody across the state and giving them a little bit of exposure and. And, uh, you know, it's just really great. It's really great to sit down and talk with these people and see what makes them tick and see what their interests are and see what, you know, just see how cool everybody is, you know, because it's one of those things. It's it's kind of fun to just travel around. I didn't realize there was so much awesome music. And the, the farther I dig into this, the more I realize that there's uh, just a crazy amount of awesome music on the local scene right here in Iowa. So, uh, hey, if you want to check out what we've got going on, we've got tons of stuff. There's also other podcasts across the state doing interviews with other bands. So if you want to check out what they've got going on, you can head to audiblefarm.com. I've got links to their podcasts right there, as well as some links to some local radio shows that also talk to musicians and play their tunes. So maybe you're a musician and you're like, I want to get my music on the radio somewhere. Well, maybe head to www.audiblefarm.com and uh, hit up some of those links for radio stations and shows and things like that. Uh, it's all it, There's all sorts of stuff on the website there, as well as links to everything Audible Farm, as well as a place to listen to the podcast. We got um, t-shirts available for sale. There, uh, there's a link to that on our website, as well as a contact page, so you can contact us and say hi or, or do whatever. So uh, the website's really cool. Check it out. It's a nice little simple website, but it gets the job done, directs you to everything Audible Farm. So uh, I want to say thanks a lot. I've got new stuff going on all over, you know, on the YouTube channel. There's, there's going to be new things coming to the YouTube channel soon. I'm in the process of making a, uh, I don't know, I want to say making a new show, but it's it's going to be a little short once a week type thing, and I'm trying to get a few episodes backlogged before I get involved with it, because, you know, believe it or not, even though it's summertime, I'm still pretty busy, I'm going to school and still doing all that stuff, so, hey, I'll have a, a new show, hopefully, you know, sometime in the next month or two, uh, up on the YouTube channel, so go to the Auto Farm YouTube channel, that's www.youtube.com slash audiblefarm, and hit subscribe so you don't miss out because it's uh, it's going to be tons of fun. So, hey, thanks, everybody, for listening. Huge shout-out to Trevor Triber for uh, taking some time out of his day to, to join me. Make sure you go down, scroll into the description section, and uh, check out some of the links I've got for him down below. And I also got to say thanks to Couchtown Coffee for sponsoring us week in and week out. Much appreciated, Couchtown. You guys, uh, you guys 
fuel my day-to-day obsession with music. So I really, really appreciate it. And I got to say thanks to everybody listening. So go to www.audiblefarm.com, check it out, and make sure you click on all of the links down below to see what Trevor's got going on, not only in the Serve Zombies, but beyond. So check it out. Thanks, everybody. Peace.